Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Good morning. So you guys pray for me as I bring this Word. Amen. It is a very important Word that I believe God wants to speak to all of us. Um, and uh, I'm just going to share it. Praise God. So listen, um, you guys know Samson. You guys know who Samson is? Okay, you guys just follow with me because I need to talk about this guy whose name was Samson. He's in the Bible. All of us know about him. It, it comes from out of the book of Judges. And um, if you guys didn't know, uh, Samson was one of the judges in Israel. But it all the story whole starts, starts out around Judges 13. And it starts out with this man named Manoah who has a wife. And his wife was barren. She couldn't have any children. And then one day, they tell me if this sounds familiar, one day the angel of the Lord shows up to Manoah's wife and says, you are going to have a child. And she says, and the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you, you're going to have a child. Now, this child that you will give birth to out of miracle, this child is going to come forth. Now, this child will take a Nazarite oath. Not only will the child take a Nazarite oath, but you too must take this Nazarite oath. And you're like, what is that? The Nazarite oath means this. You cannot eat anything from the vine. No grapes, no raisins, you can't drink wine, none of that, nothing from the vine. You cannot touch anything unclean, you cannot touch anything dead, and the child's hair shall not ever be cut. The angel made it clear to her, she knew it, she understood, and, and praised God, but she's like, but my husband, he ain't going to believe it. He said, don't you worry about it. The angel said, I'll take care of that. So the angel goes to Manoah and sees Manoah, tells Manoah, yeah, hey, look, You're about to have a son. Your wife is pregnant right now with the son. He's to take a Nazarite oath. He's not to touch anything dead, anything unclean. He's never to cut his hair. He's not supposed to eat anything from the vine. No grapes, no raisins, no no wine, nothing. Nazarite oath. Do you understand? Manoah says, yes. Manoah looks at him and says, well, praise be the Lord. Can I make you a dinner? Can you stay for me? The angel says, no, you can't. He says, well, okay, I'm going to make a burnt offering to the Lord. So Manoah makes a burnt offering to the Lord, puts down the, the, the burnt offering as it, as it uh, burns up. The smoke goes up, and the angel jumps in the smoke and goes up to heaven right there. What an exit, amen? Can you just imagine sitting there, and you're doing something for the Lord, and the angel looks and just like dips in the smoke and just shh. That's like, like, like Star Trek for some of you guys. I don't know. It's like, beat me up, Scotty. So we see that, we see that this is happening and all that. And then and in Judges 14, we go to Judges 14, and this is the part that most of us may, may know about, and we're, we're going to read from Judges 14. But I just want you to look at this man as I begin to speak. And, and maybe some of you guys have been in church all your lives. Maybe you've never been in church. I don't know where you're at, but it doesn't matter. Everybody knows who Samson is. You know, it's, it's not just a church story. They make movies about this guy. They've, they made up things based upon Samson, and, and, and everybody knows he's larger than life. He's the strongest man that's ever lived. Every young Christian boy who's ever attended Sunday school knows about Samson. Amen. You guys know you used to color little coloring books of Samson. They had these little pictures, and for some reason, Samson was always this white guy. I don't know why. I mean, I didn't catch that. So we know Sam, where Samson was from. He's a brown dude. You know, you got to pay. Anyway, so 
We're going to go over this story. We're going to go over story after story after story after story. I'm going to put it all together so that we can walk out of here um, and maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to protect ourselves from the end of this journey that some of us are on. Mm -hmm. To keep your friends, your family, and people you know them from saying, what happened? What happened? Mm. Turn to Judges chapter 14. We're going to read 1 and 2. It says this. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. Now, mind you, he's, he's a young man now. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now, go get her for me as my wife. Okay, you guys with me? The first question is, so why is Samson going with his mother and his father down to Timnah? It says Samson went down to the enemy's territory, the Philistine. Now, let me give you some quick background about the Philistines. The Philistines were the sworn enemies of the Israelites. They shared the same border, and they have been feuding nations forever. You guys know a famous Philistine? His name was, uh, was a big giant guy. His name was Goliath. He was a Philistine. So we know about the Philistines, and the Israelites have been at battle forever. So Samson went to the enemy, the Philistines' camp, saw a woman, and told his mom and dad, go Get her for me. It's like some of us in here going to the enemy's camp to try to find a mate. Okay, that's a different message. Okay, go down. Now, follow me. We're going fast. We're going down, down. 14, 5 and 9. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and his mother, and as they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came out roaring towards him. The Spirit of the Lord, this is the first time it's ever said this now. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, amen, powerfully, so that he tore apart with his bare hands as he might have done a young goat. But he told neither his mother nor his father what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and he liked her. Let me stop for a second. Can I stop? A lion comes out. I don't know about y'all. Lion gonna come out at me. I'm running. And don't let there be anybody I don't like with me. Because I'm pushing them. I'm running. But it says a young lion comes out. He grabs the lion and he tears it. Like a young goat. Like that's something that they do back then. Go tear the young goat, son. <laughs> but he grabs the lion. Now, mind you, a lion and tears it, bare hands, kills it. Now, that's a man. Are you guys with me? He kills the lion with his bare Are you seeing this in Scripture? Well, verse 8, sometime later, this is later on, when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass. So he's going back down the same path. He looks, he sees the lion carcass over there on the side. And he saw a swarm of bees inside the rib cage of the carcass. He scooped out with, um, he went over there, he scooped out the honey with his hands and ate as he went along. When he joined his parents, he gave them some and they too ate. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 
Now, here's a man that is the epitome of a man. Can, can, can I just share something with you? He's walking. He sees bees. I need you to think about when this is taking place. There's no bee suits. You know, and usually when I see Samson, he always had a loincloth on, walking around all oiled up, right? Just <laughs> barefoot with a loincloth, just walking. This is what I'm picturing. He sees the lion that he killed. It's decomposing enough that obviously that the, 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 the bees see a nice place to, to make their hive. Now, a lion is a big animal. So he tore it. Now, mind, he tore it in half. <laughs> they make a beehive inside the ribcage. So what does he do? He goes over there, reaches his hand in. Are you guys hearing me now? You know what bees do? They sting you. He reaches his hand into the lion's carcass. I'm sure they're flying all around him, but he's just sitting there like, hey, Ma, Ma. And he walks over with the honey, and he gives the honey to his mother and his dad. I'm just trying to show you the strength of this man. You guys here? This guy is different. He's going down to Timna. A lion comes out, kills the lion. Sometimes later, beehive inside the lion, reaches inside his carcass, gets some honey, and he eats it. Now, we have to look at what kind of man this is. Now, we see as the story continues, Samson goes down to the wedding. Okay, you guys follow me. He goes, and Samson, is, he's a man's man. He loves to brag. You know, some of us men love to brag. So he goes down, and he's bragging to his soon-to-be in-laws, and he strikes up a bet with them. He says this, I'm going to give you a riddle, and if you can explain it to me in seven days, I will give you 30 changes of clothing. But if you can't explain the riddle, you're going to give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. And the family agreed. It's like, let's want to place a little bet. And the family said yes. Now, mind you, this family that he's dealing with is the enemy. So, verse 14, this is what he said. This is the riddle. He replied, out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. Boom, bars, right? So he says that to them. They're sitting there looking at him. And then the family was unable to figure out the riddle. You guys with me? So they went to the sister. The girl, the girl's getting ready to get married. Samson's soon to be wife. And they said, listen, I need you to entice your husband and get the answer for us. Or we're going to have to give him 30 pieces of clothing. Now, that doesn't even seem like a large bet, especially for a family. Because the family can get together and buy 30 pieces of clothing. I think it was just a fact of losing to the enemy. Anyway, so verse, verse, let's read verse 17. It says this, she cried the whole seven days of the feast. That's a terrible way to start out a wedding. You, got, you guys with me on that? I mean, if you get married and your wife is crying for seven days, it's, it's not starting off good, guys. So on the seventh day, he finally told her because she continued to press him. She in turn explained the riddle to her people. So she went and betrayed her husband. So she, she, it's funny how you marry the enemy and they still stay the enemy. Just because you marry somebody doesn't mean that they're going to love you. Mm, mm, mm. Verse 18, before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, 
What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And Samson said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would have not solved my riddle. Now, now you know this is a bad relationship when you're calling your wife a heifer. <laughs> See, you guys read the stories and don't even get all this, right? You're like, I didn't even know he was like that. Watch this. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson powerfully, he went down to Escalon, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of everything, and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he returned to his father's home, and Samson's wife was given to one of his companions who attended him at the feast. Samson, men of all men, strong. This guy's different. He kills 30 men. He didn't go to the store and buy 30 pieces of clothes. He got mad and went and killed 30 men and got 30 pieces. He took their clothes. He killed them and stripped them naked. Took their clothes and went and returned and gave it to their family. Now, some time has passed, and we'll go to uh, 15, uh, read chapter 15, verse 1. It says, later on, at the time of the wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat and went to visit his wife. He said, I'm going to my wife's room. Let me stop right there. How are you just going to walk out on your family and then think everything's okay and come back months later? Like ain't nothing happened. I'm just going to bring a goat and everything's going to be fine. Because I'm Samson. He said, I'm going to my wife's room. I guess he's, he's going to a room, my wife. But her father would not let him go in. And the father said, I was so sure you hated her, he said, that I gave her to your companion. Isn't her younger sister more attractive? Because <laughs> he's like, Sam, that's Samson. You killed 30 dudes. I saw it. I gave your wife to your buddy, but here's her sister. Don't hit me. Okay. You guys got to get this imagination. Come on, guy. He said, take her instead. And Samson said to them, this time I have the right to get even with the Philistines. I will rally and harm them. Mm. So he went out and caught 300 foxes. Keep that in your mind. He went out and caught 300 foxes and tied their tails together in pairs. He then fastened a torch to every pair of tails, lit the torches, and lit the fox, let the foxes loose in the standing grain of the Philistines. He burnt up the, the, the shocks and the standing grain together with the vineyards and olive grove. Can I, I've never been hunting before, but I've watched TV, and I've seen when people cage, they, they trap animals. Do you see how crazy they get? They be acting crazy. This dude caught 300 foxes. You got to hold on to a fox to tie his tail together. Once again, almost naked, loincloth, barefoot, foxes, oiled up. <laughs> Grabbing the foxes by the tail, tying them together, 300. So he had to do this at least 150 times. Then light their tails on fire. I'm sure he didn't let them go one at a time. He did it all night, went by and lit all their tails, and it was like, go. And they just ran, burnt up everything. This dude is different. He's a man's man. 
burns up all their stuff, burns up the Philistines' food. Samson did it by himself. And the Bible says in verse 6 is when the Philistines asked who did this, they were told, Samson, the Timnite's son-in-law, the dude who was supposed to marry the girl. It says because his wife was given to his companion. It's so funny. They call him the son-in-law, but they still say, but he really was never married to her. So the Philistines went up and burned her and her father to death. You don't read about that in Sunday school. I ain't never even heard about it until I started reading the story. I was like, they didn't tell me. This is is rated R. (laughs) They burnt them to death, alive, because of what Samson did. Because he was affiliated, they were affiliated with Samson. Sometimes you guys, look, I'm getting all kinds of messages out of this. There's sometimes you can get in trouble for just who you've been affiliated with. You don't even have to do it. You're guilty by association. Oh, my goodness. So even after this, the Philistines, after they burned her, still, the Philistines are still looking for Samson. So they pressed all of Judah because Samson was from Judah. So the, the, the Philistines pressed Judah because of Samson. So Judah took 3,000 men because they know they do. They know that's their that's they boy. We, look, we can't go down there with 1,000. We need to take 3,000. We're taking the whole regiment down there to go find him. He was up in a rock. The Bible said he was in a cleft of the rock, hiding. And as he was hiding, uh, they, so they go up there, these 3,000 men, they're like, Samson, Samson, come on, man. Look what you did. You got the Philistines coming. They're going to get us. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna destroy us. They're our enemy unless we turn you over to them. So Samson looks at him and says, don't worry, gladly, I'll go with you. I don't want them to do nothing to you. Tie me up. I'll go. So they tie him up. They bring him down to the Philistines. And as he brings him down to the Philistines, he goes, he goes into the Philistines. And the Bible says, once again, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. The spirit of the Lord came upon him for his gift to start moving. You know, his gift was strength. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And then all of a sudden, what does he do? He looks, he breaks the ropes, he grabs a fresh uh, jawbone of a donkey and slays a thousand men. Now, I need you to understand, because some of us are really like in the Marvel universe, and we're thinking that you got this jawbone of an ass that's about this big, and, he's, and it's fresh because the teeth are probably still in it. There's probably some meat on it. it said it's fresh, and he kills a thousand men. Now, he can't just sling it like he sling, like Thor slings his hammer, and it goes out and hits about 30 dudes and then comes back to him. He literally has to get real intimate with a thousand men. Can you imagine? Bloody killing all these people with this jawbone. What a horrific scene. This man is a man. He is a man. He's a different man. He's a strong man that every time he does something, his gift will come forth and he'll be able to do things. His gift will just manifest because God gave him this gift that he's able to do something. And we sit down and we think, man, Samson, look at all these great things that you've done. You've killed a thousand men. You destroyed a lion. You've burnt fields. You caught 300 foxes. There's nothing that you can't do. You're the judge of Israel. And then we turn, and I need you to right now turn with me to chapter 16. This man who the Spirit of the Lord comes upon, this man who was a man of God who was a judge, we read in verse 16, chapter 1, it says, In one day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. What happened? This man of God, everything we read about it, what happened? 
from 13 to 14 to 15. He's doing all these great exploits. And then we find in 16, it starts off. And he sees a prostitute. What whittled away at his strength? What whittled away at his relationship that he would see an obvious prostitute and go down to be with her? Saints of God, in my almost 20 years of serving the Lord, I've seen the same situation, not just from people on TV, but people I have served with, people that I know that have been doing mighty and great things for God. And then one day, verse 16, what happened? Leaves me saying, what happened? So today, I'm going to talk to you. The title of my message is this, How to Be an Ideal Idiot. guys, this is how we can be an ideal idiot. We, we look at Samson's life, and Samson's life is great, but we need to understand. We need to learn the stories from Samson's life. And I'm going to point out some things to you that I'm sure why we, I was sitting here talking, you didn't even recognize. Number one, assume that great success outweighs small sin. The number one way to be an ideal idiot is to assume that great success outweighs small sin. From the very beginning, the Bible told us that Samson was to take a Nazarite oath. His mother knew it. His father knew it. He knew it. He was raised that way. If you look at Leviticus chapter 11, it says specifically, do not touch anything dead or unclean. Every place in the story, there is great success. But did you miss it? You know why you missed it? Because he killed the lion. You missed it because he championed the beast. But you didn't see that he touched a dead carcass. You didn't see that he ate the honey that had touched the dead carcass. And then he gave it to his parents. Why we didn't see it? Because we want to celebrate the great success and ignore the small sin. He broke a rule that God gave to him. (laughs) How many times did we do that? Man, if I I just cheat on my taxes, the success is that I get a little bit more money. Why was it okay for him to touch that dead carcass? Because he killed the lion. It's okay. I killed this lion, so it's okay that I could touch it. We do this so many times. We reason ourselves out out of sin because we think it's okay because the greater good is going to happen. It's called situational ethics. Because I did good, therefore, a little bad isn't going to be wrong. Because my success is this big, and the sin is only, it's only that big. It's only small. God will forgive me. His trick backfired on him during his wedding. First of all, he probably shouldn't have married anybody from the enemy's camp. Bible says I should not, you should not touch anything clean. It's part of his Nazarite oath. He shouldn't even been looking at her. Why? Because she was an enemy. She wasn't a child of God. And anybody that wasn't a, in, in, the, in the Israelites that wasn't an Israelite was considered unclean. And, and this, this is why the Bible tells us, it says, it says don't be unevenly yoked with non-believers. Well, I, you, know, he, you know, he comes to church with me. and That don't mean he's saved. 
I don't know how many times people have, young ladies, usually young ladies, and there's been some men that's brought some women, and I look at them like, where do you go to church? Or uh, I go there. Oh, okay, what's your pastor's name? They don't know their pastor's name. That's the first no. First red flag. Uh, well, where do you serve? Uh, I don't. Second red flag. Okay. All right. So then people look at me and they're smiling like, so what did you think? Nope. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. If they're serious about you and maybe they ain't saved, just keep inviting them to church. Keep inviting them to church. Let them hang around your brothers and sisters so you can stay protected. Do not be alone with them. I don't know why I'm going here. Do not be alone with them. Stay away. I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to protect your heart. I'm trying to protect your heart. There's too many young people's hearts being broken because you're not just following what God's telling you to do. It would be so much easier if you just listen to the word of God, not be just, oh, okay, I can quote that scripture. Do the scripture. Then we see that Samson loses the bet with his family. He kills 30 men. He killed 30 men. Whoa, one dude kills 30 men. But then what does he do? He turns around and touches their dead bodies to take the clothes off of them. He touched something dead. But we ignored it. Why? Because he killed 30 men. Come on, man. I killed 30 of the enemy. I killed 30 of the enemy. Come on, man. I could click on that. I could watch this. I could talk to her. Well, it's just coffee. We're just going. You grabbed the donkey's jawbone and slayed a thousand men. A thousand men. In order to grab the jawbone of a donkey, the donkey had to be dead. You touched something dead. We ignored that whole fact. We just see that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he fought, and he killed a thousand men. But we didn't see the small sin of him touching the dead thing. Listen, our appetite for obedience is outweighed by the taste of the world's honey. Because things are going well, I guess it doesn't matter how small the sin is. It's what we think. So it surprises us when we, we see ourselves or our friends get to verse 16. We saw what they were doing the whole time, but we outweighed it because this guy, he's really nice. He's a great dude. He's a professional. Yeah, you, you found a good dude. Yeah, she, she, she's good. Yeah, she's a professional. She has a job. She has her own place. She does this. She's great. But we, we, we look at all the success in their lives, but we don't look at the main fact is they're not a Christian. And then verse 16 happens in their life, and you're going, what happened? What happened was we ignored the small sin. How did they get there? You guys know nobody just falls into chapter 16? It doesn't just happen. And, and I'm using the word small sin because that's what we see it, but we have to understand. We, we love we talk about planting seeds. Faith is a seed, but faith, the size of a mustard seed, can move a mountain. 
sin, besides a mustard seed, can put you in verse 16. Listen, saints, the only person that's in charge of your integrity is you. By the way, I do have to mention this. You know, Samson ruled and he judged Israel for 20 years. 20 years he had great success, but he was never in Israel. How are you going to rule a place that you're never at? Second way to be an ideal idiot. Confuse God's patience with his pleasure. (laughs) Confuse God's patience with his pleasure. We confuse God's grace and mercy with his pleasure. We confuse um, uh, his goodness as him saying, you know what, I'm okay with what you're doing. We confuse I'm still being used by God instead of God is using a jackass. You guys know there's a story of this dude named Balaam. God used a jackass to speak to him. Just because God used you in an instant doesn't mean God is pleased with what you're doing. Oh, oh, what what you mean? But Lord, I, I laid hands on people and cast out demons. Lord, I've done this in your name. God, depart from me. I never knew you. Just because you're doing great exploits doesn't mean that God is pleased with what you're doing. We confuse God's grace and mercy with he's still using me. God keeps telling you, listen, don't touch the stove. How many people got kids? You know that whole stage? Don't touch the stove. It's hot. You're going to get burned. God told us how many times? Don't touch that. And we go and we touch it. We go and we touch it. Then we go and touch the stove. Then we go and touch the stove. But we don't get burned. And that's the problem. Because the first time we touch it, we don't get burned. So we figure I could touch it again. And we don't get, we don't get burnt. And because we don't get burnt, we go and touch it. Then we click on it. Then we email it. We'll DM it. We entertain the thought. And because we haven't got burned, we keep doing it. And as I keep doing it, eventually I'm at chapter 16. It started way back in chapter 13. And you wonder how you got to chapter 16. When the Lord said, don't touch anything unclean, anything dead. Don't eat anything from the vine. But yet, because God's judgment didn't hit me right when I did it, I assume that he's pleased with me. So we assume, I guess it's not a big deal. The third way we can be an ideal idiot, please listen to this, equate giftedness with the work of the Spirit. (laughs) We confuse gifts with the work of the Spirit. You guys, stop. Just because I'm good at something doesn't mean God is in it. I've seen so many, I'm sorry, you guys, all you guys, please forgive me. I see this mostly in this, okay, most of the time. It happens with people that worship, they can sing. People can get up and you get all emotional and, ooh, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. And we're like, man, God was using using them today. Yeah, they was using them. So I guess that means God was using them last night when they was out fornicating. I'm sure there was some singing going on then too. 
I'm just being honest with you. It's funny, but it's not funny. We have fallen in this trap in the church where we have equated giftedness with the work of the Spirit. Let me tell you something. All you see of people up here is 10% of their life, maybe 10%. You don't know what they're doing with the other 90%. I can get up here and hold my breath for three minutes, maybe two, and then, but I got to breathe eventually. Just because somebody's gifted doesn't mean God is using them. I'm just trying, I'm here to tell you, the Bible tells us that the gifts of God goes without repentance. God gives you a gift. We see right here, it says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. His strength, his gift, his gift was to do things. His gift, he went and killed a thousand men. It said the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Do you really think God was in it when God told him not to touch anything dead? Do you think God ignored his small sin? God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God has spoken it. He sees everything that we do. And we sit down and want to rely, and we go, it's grace. It's not God's grace that keeps you from receiving judgment. It's mercy. Yes, God is a God of love, but he's also a God of wrath. We're sitting here trying to rely on God, on the mercy of God. I'm here to tell you that the mercy of God will break on your life. And we want to turn around and blame God because we frustrated his grace. We overloaded his mercy. And then things happen to us. We get into verse 16. And then here's the funny thing about it, saints. In verse 6, I mean, in chapter 16, as we see it, everybody knows the story of Samson and Delilah. But he was such a man of God, if he would have listened to God, he would have never even met Delilah. If he was walking in the steps that God had ordered for him. Samson was a leader for 20 years. He was gifted with strength, and all we noticed was his gifts. But we didn't notice when he touched the dead thing. You guys will sit here and look at pastors and look at people up here, and you're just you're praising them for everything they do. You don't know what we're doing behind closed doors. Can I just be honest? I'm not saying that I'm out there sinning, but you guys sit there and want to judge a person by, by the 10 minutes you, you sit in front of them and go, they're such a great person to God. You don't know what they're doing behind closed doors. Listen, you could be a great leader on Facebook, you can be a good leader on Instagram. You can be eloquent of speech. You can say many profound things, but don't you dare equate your giftedness with the work of the Holy Spirit. It's just a gift, and God gave it to you, and he's not going to take it back. Can I be honest with you? You can ask my mom. I've been in front of people all my life talking. I, it's a gift. I'm charismatic. I, I can get crowds. I can talk. People listen when I talk. It's a gift. But there was times I was talking to a bunch of people and God wasn't in it. But the gift was there. So later we see in verse 16, Samson sees a prostitute in the enemy's camp. He goes down, he rips the gates of the enemy's camp, hides the gates to mock them. So it's like you, you thought your gates was going to protect? No, I'm not even going to go in and do anything yet. I'm just going to tear the door off your house and I'm going to go hide it. Then he goes back to Gaza, finds another woman. Her name's Delilah. Everybody knows this story. The most terrifying thing in this story is verse 20. 
I didn't give it to you. Dang it. I'm going to read it for you, okay? Verse 20. 16, 20. Boom. And he said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. You guys know the whole story of Samson, right? She said. And then, so he awoke. This is after he had lied to her a couple of times. Now, no, wait, let me back up. You would think you would learn from the first time when, when the lady came and cried, you know, his, his wife cried because the family had talked to him. It, I'm sure it was a prophetic picture that God was trying to wake him up. Look, you're with the enemy, and what she's going to do is come talk to you to get, get stuff out of you, to get secrets out of you, and she's going to run back and tell the enemy so that they can take advantage of you. Delilah did the same thing. Oh, Samson, Sammy, Sammy. <laughs> Sammy, where's your strength come from? You know, he lied to her, called, and lied to her, and then said, Philistines, come in. And he comes in, he breaks, and, you know, he does all this stuff. It happened to him twice. The third time, finally, he tells her the truth, okay? He's like, if you shave my head, this is what's going to happen. Now we find verse 20. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Sam, Sammy. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before, because you know he's done this many times, at other times, and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Saints of God, how long will it be? How long will it take for you to notice that the Spirit of God has left your life? Years and years of doing little sin. Years of breaking his vow and his covenant that he had with the Lord. He gets to a place where he thinks he's going to get up and preach. He thinks he gets to a place where he's going to get up and serve. He gets to a place where he thinks he's going to get up and lay hands on somebody, just like he's done time and time again. But he did not know that the Spirit of the Lord had left him. So he goes out to try to do it, and there he is. Can you imagine what he felt like? How long will it take for you to notice that the Spirit of God has left you? As I close, the last thing to do to be an ideal idiot is to be confident enough to run into the enemy's territory. Did you hear what I said? The last thing to be an ideal idiot is to be confident enough to run into the enemy's territory. How many times have we as, as saints told everybody, I'm going down to the enemy's camp. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know the song. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Samson. Samson. Sammy. He spent the whole 20 years of being a judge in the enemy's camp. What an idiot. Where his refuge, his place of safety and strength was in Israel. It was where the house of God was, around his brothers and sisters and in the Lord. But he chose to stay because he was so confident in his gift 
Some of us are too confident, like, yeah, you know what? God delivered me from pornography a long time ago. I'm fine. I can go out here to the beach. It ain't going to be a problem. I don't mind seeing people like that. You're thinking too highly of yourself. The Bible says don't think so highly of yourself lest you fall. No, I'm good. I'm good. No, 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 I'm good. I could, I could, I could go to his house. We're just going to watch TV. No, nah, God delivered me. He delivered me from my addiction. I'm, I'll be okay. I could just do a little bit because now I have control. <laughs> I can go here. I can go there. I can touch this. I can click on that. It's only something small. As I said before, Samson ruled for 20 years, but never, ever do we read where he was in Israel. How are you going to be the judge of Israel and not even live in Israel? Can I just say something? Not for you guys that are here. Just, just for the people that are listening to me on Facebook Live and everywhere else. How are you going to be a Christian and never be in the, the house of Christ? I got the church in me. That's what Samson was saying. Israel represents the place of where God dwells. And he just was so sure that God was just showing so much mercy to him, so much mercy. Yeah, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Yeah, he did great things. But eventually that small sin took him out. And we see that Samson, you guys know the story where they mocked him. They made fun of him. What do you think they're going to do to you? All your friends you've been trying to witness to and tell about Jesus? And then the things happen to you, they'd be like, Pfft. looking at you, they're like, that's exactly why I don't go to church. That's exactly why I don't serve God. That's why I just serve God from my house. I believe in a higher power, because obviously the higher power you believe in, look where you're at. As I close this, I just want to say this to you. What little sins are you ignoring in your life because of your great victory? It'll put you in chapter 16 before you know it. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Anybody want to join me at the altar? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. just right now for your word. I thank you right now that your word is true and we're just, we're all such idiots. We're just, we are a wretch without you, God. And our minds aren't, aren't even pure enough to even think about you. But because of your grace and your mercy, we thank you right now. God, we come to you repenting. Forgive us for every small sin and every thought that has exalted itself against the knowledge of you, God. 
we cry right now, creating us a clean heart, renewing us a right spirit. Lord, we want to be right with you, God. Not in our own righteousness, but the righteousness that is found in Jesus Christ. Purge us of this sin, God. Reveal it to us right now so that we can get rid of it with your help. I thank you for your mercy that has held back judgment. Today, God, we say we don't want to find ourselves in chapter 16. Forgive us, oh God, for these thoughts. Forgive us for the little sins, for we know that even a little sin is great to you. Let us, be, let us have the same mind that you have towards any sin, that it is vile, that it is wretched, and that you will have nothing to do with it. So we thank you for this, Lord. We love you, God. So we just say, Lord, have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our minds. Lord, you say you know what we're in need of before we can ask or even think it. Lord, we say today that the things that we need is not natural things. It's not things outside. What we need is a better relationship with you. What we need is to clean our hearts. What we need, God, is to keep our minds stayed upon you, Lord, so that you will give us perfect peace, that we could walk uprightly before you, God, that we could walk out the steps that you have ordered for us. We thank you for that right now. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast, but we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today, or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.